Welcome to Finish Well Radio, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, welcome to Finish Well Radio. I'm so glad that you're with us. Today we're going to tackle a serious issue, and we are going to talk about healing from sexual abuse. You know, we were created for a perfect world, but we live in a fallen world, and young girls and boys instinctively know that they're supposed to be safe as children. When they're not safe, they feel like something's wrong, and they wonder who they can trust. You see, children should feel loved and valued and honored by those closest to them. They should be able to enjoy innocence during their childhood. If you or someone you love has suffered from sexual abuse, I am so sad and so sorry that that has happened to you. And I hope that as you come along with us, you will find yourself drawing closer to Jesus and receiving the healing and the exchange and the love that he has to offer you. And I just want to extend hope to you that, yes, something horrible has happened to you, but I do believe that God can redeem it and he can exchange the brokenness for a wholeness that you never even imagined. So I want to start with Matthew 18, 1 through 6. And at the time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. So I just want to say to you before we get started that Jesus takes anything that harms children very seriously, especially something that scars them and causes them to not be able to experience the love of God. So if you have been sexually abused, the Bible says that your abuser, it would be better for him that a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. And I know that may sound harsh to some of you, but God does not take this lightly. And I just want you to know he values children, he values childhood. For you teenagers, he values you. And if someone has hurt you, that is not okay. When we are sexually abused, it exposes us, especially children and teenagers, to deviant behavior that damages them emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And so our role as parents, our role as caregivers, I'm speaking as a parent, I'm speaking as a pastor's wife, our role is to protect innocence and allow children to develop intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually in a safe, pure, and loving environment. So that's how things should be. And, you know, sometimes people say, wow, I didn't even know that wasn't normal because I just grew up like that. 
but instinctively I knew something was wrong. I've heard so many people say that to me. And by the way, I'm not just talking to girls. I'm talking to guys, too. I know many guys who have been sexually abused as children, and I know many girls who have been sexually abused as children or teens. And again, it is not okay. Actually, sexual abuse is a crime. If you're in a situation right now where someone is taking advantage of you, you should go to a trusted adult, either a parent, a pastor, and it's a crime. It should be reported to the police. It's not something that is okay. So what is sexual abuse? When First Thessalonians 4, 1 through 12, Paul is writing to the Thessalonians and he says, it's God's will that you should be holy and you should abstain from sexual sin, that you should learn to control your body in a way that's holy and honorable. Because if you don't, not only are you sinning against God, but you're also wronging or exploiting or taking advantage of a brother and sister. And then he says this, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, just as we have already told you and solemnly warned you. And he goes on, he says, For God did not call us to impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever rejects this instruction rejects not human authority, but God who gives his spirit to you. So again, here's God saying, it's not okay. This is not okay. And I will avenge. And you know, we don't ever like to think of God as an avenging God. But if someone has ever been sexually abused, and you'll know this if it's happened to you, you'll have an anger inside. And it's a righteous anger because what happened to you was wrong. So what is sexual abuse? Well, there's a wide gamut of sexual abuse that begins with things like being exposed to sexual jokes, crude comments, terminology that's too old for the child. It goes from there into pornography or being exposed to someone's private parts. Then it goes into inappropriate touching or the child being forced or teen being forced to expose their private parts. It moves from there into forcing children or teens to participate in sexual acts. And finally, it can lead to rape and further abuse. So sexual abuse, what we define as sexual abuse, runs a very wide gamut. And some people say they're talking to me and they're just terrorized by something that's happened. And they'll say, well, he just touched me and it's not like he raped me. I don't know why I'm so upset. Well, let me just tell you, you're upset because you were sexually abused. And you don't have to be raped to be sexually abused. And yes, there are worse things that could have happened to you, but what happened to you was really terrible. And you will most likely, most people who are sexually abused, and I would guess really all, but I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, they are going to need to walk through some healing. So... If I've just made it very clear that the perpetrator of the sexual abuse is the one at fault, he is evil, it is not okay, and you know, we like to say, oh, well, he was sexually abused, he still made that choice to carry on the abuse. It doesn't matter what has happened to him in his past. So if the perpetrator is the one at fault, why do sexual abuse victims feel guilt and shame? And part of that has to do 
with the process of grooming, it's a form of manipulation by an abuser. And I talk about grooming in another podcast, and I would really encourage you to listen to that podcast because you see it explains how the perpetrator grooms his victims and ends up making the victim feel like the victim is a partner and a willing participant, which is not true. And it's very manipulative, and I don't have time in this podcast to go through it, but I would encourage you to listen to it. There's a link on our show notes that you can get to that podcast, so if you go to our show notes, you'll find it. Also, because there's a sense of powerlessness. And so a lot of times a victim of sexual abuse will feel like, oh my goodness, I should have done something. I should have stopped them. But there's so much control and fear instilled by the abuser during the process that it's sometimes very, very difficult to be able to get out of the situation. It was interesting because a couple of years ago in one of our courses, we were reading St. Augustine's City of God, and he addresses this topic for several, several chapters. And I thought, wow, this is back, what, in the 400s? He addresses it because as the Empire of Rome is falling, it's becoming corrupted from within and more and more cities are being attacked a lot of times what would happen is when those attacks came that women would be raped and so many of the nuns who had pledged vows of chastity of celibacy to the lord and then they hear they're being raped and so they felt a lot of guilt and shame and so saint augustine took chapter after chapter after chapter to say no this happened to you it does not make you guilty it does not make you impure And I think that's very important because we can feel so dirty and defiled. And I talk to so many people who just say, yeah, I just kept taking a shower and taking another shower and another shower, but I just couldn't feel clean. But that doesn't have to do with you. Inside, you are still pure. It is an attack against your innocence, and now you know things that you wish you didn't know. And God can heal your heart. You may have to grieve through that, and we'll talk about that later, but it doesn't affect your purity because you did not willingly participate. And if you say, well, you don't know, I really enjoyed it sometimes. Sometimes it felt good. Well, I just want to say this because I've talked to people who've said they felt guilty because sometimes there was some sexual pleasure. There wasn't sexual pleasure because you wanted it, but because your body parts work. And when you touch certain body parts, it gives pleasure. So that has nothing to do with sexual abuse being okay. And also, I know if you're a teenager and you're listening to this, you feel like, oh, I know exactly what I'm doing. But the truth is that children and teens are very easily manipulated into a situation that they don't want to happen. One of the things that happens that causes guilt and shame is that sex was separated from loving intimacy. And so it creates this hunger for love and intimacy. And sometimes people who have been sexually abused will actually pursue similar relationships because they're just so confused and they're wanting intimacy, they're wanting love, And even though it wasn't there, 
really with the first thing they don't know what real love is because they never felt safe and so this is just a really hard thing and so again this is something that the Lord can heal and we'll talk more about that later so how is sexual abuse related to the demonic throughout the Bible sexual abuse is related to demon worship it's related to rebellion idolatry worshiping idols and if you look back through history pagan religions and demon worship include and witchcraft all include sexual acts and a sacrifice of virgins and usually what that sacrifice of a virgin was whether it was a man or a woman was that that person was raped and so sexual abuse has always been very tied to the demonic and you have to realize that the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy but Jesus comes to give life more abundantly so the way that Satan is worshipped is always destructive to the person and so sexual abuse is very tied to the worship of demons very tied to the worship of Satan and that's why people a lot of times feel like well the opposite of sexual perversion is married love but it's really not the opposite of sexual perversion because it's so tied to the demonic is actually worship it's worshiping the true and living God and finding freedom in him and so sometimes people in seeking freedom and healing they can find themselves disappointed in their marriage because they feel like wait I still feel so broken I still feel so messed up or dirty or hurting and it's because you need to have healing from the Lord and it's your relationship with the Lord and that true intimacy and love and safety that will bring freedom so I found that really interesting because I remember just for years thinking the opposite and when the Lord finally showed that to me and I help people really grow in their relationship with Jesus and worship him and read his word and pray there was a lot of breakthrough and a lot of freedom from people who are struggling with different kinds of sexual perversions including sexual immorality or fornication sex outside marriage so how does sexual abuse change people if you've been sexually abused how does that change people how does that change you first of all there's usually a heartache in sexually abused people they usually feel a sadness a brokenness and they have a very hard time figuring out like what is wrong they just tend to feel sad sometimes and they don't really know why another thing is that they have trouble trusting people and feeling safe they might say something like this I know that you love me but I don't believe it or I just don't feel safe with anyone and that's a really common thing feeling safe with someone in today's world can be really hard because people are constantly being exposed or you find out that this person you respected they're doing pornography or they're cheating on their spouse or and for some reason that can really make people feel more insecure than other sins and I don't know specifically why that is except maybe its relation to the demonic also sexual abuse can cause you to fall into patterns with predators so you might 
get out of a situation where you've been sexually abused but yet be drawn again to another predator, not necessarily who wants to sexually abuse you, but maybe who wants to control you, emotionally control you, or something like that. So how do you process sexual abuse. I want to read this verse from Ephesians 5:11 through 17. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine upon you. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I had a girl once tell me about her brother who had sexually abused a young girl in their church. And the boy had to apologize to the girl and the family. And then it was all kind of swept under the rug. And I was very concerned because I can almost guarantee that that boy grew up. He was a teenager. I can almost guarantee that he is still sexually abusing people. An abuser can't just make an apology and go on like nothing ever happened. Number one, it's a crime. But number two, it's a sin against God. And you have to get to a very evil place to where your heart is super hardened to be able to do the things that abusers do. I'll just be honest. Like it's, it, it's a very hardened place. And so unless you receive intensive counseling, it is not right for people to feel safe around you when you're not safe if you're an abuser. So I think the word from Ephesians is, Bring this stuff into the light. It's too late to change what happened to you, but you can protect the next person. And sexual abusers just go on and on and on. They don't stop. So it's very important to bring it into the light. So sexual abuse is a sin. It's a crime. Acknowledge that the sexual abuser did an evil thing. Don't make excuses for him or her. And I know most sexual abusers are men, but there are women who sexually abuse children and teens. Anger is a really natural response to being sexually abused. And if people have said to you, well, you need to forgive this person and just forget all about it, that's not walking through it. Ultimately, God will give you the grace to forgive, but first you've got to process it. And part of processing what's happened to you is a very healthy dose of anger. And then you have to mourn the loss of innocence and protection. That is very important because if someone dies, everyone expects us to cry and grieve. But if we lose something really valuable like our childhood, we need to grieve over that too. So when it comes to processing what happened to you, I would say this, that most of the time when I talk to people, I encourage them to go to a counselor who specializes in walking sexual abuse victims through it, or a pastor or someone that has experience in that area because 
there is a lot to process and a lot to talk about and sometimes it's easier to talk to someone you don't know sometimes it's easier to talk to someone you know and trust so I'm not going to dictate like who that person should be but eventually you're going to have to talk about it you're going to have to work through it you're going to have to process it then also healing is a process don't expect an instant cure and expect it to be a little bit painful because this is a deep-rooted thing. And if you've spent years just pushing it down, I will not think about it, I will not think about it, and now you're talking about it, you may have some unpleasant emotions as you walk through it. But it's worth it for the end of it because when you've processed it and you've worked through it, then there's a transformation in your life. One of the things that abuse victims can struggle with is lies. So if you're believing this is my fault, I should have stopped it, no one is safe, all of those are lies. There are people that are safe. You probably could not have stopped it. You were set up probably through a process called grooming or overpowered, but definitely it's not your fault. It definitely is not your fault. There's a cure for brokenness from sexual abuse. And that's Jesus, because Jesus takes away our shame and our brokenness, and he gives us healing and wholeness. And I remember one of my favorite passages in the Bible is when Jesus reads this passage from Isaiah, and he said, this is me, I'm here, I'm here to do this. And this is what he was reading. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn to grant those who mourn in Zion giving them a garland of joy instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting so they will be called oaks of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified then they will rebuild the ancient ruins they will raise up the former devastations and they will repair the ruined cities the desolations of many generations you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be spoken of as ministers of our God. You will eat the wealth of the nation, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will have a double portion. And instead of humiliation, they will shout for joy over their portion. Therefore, they will possess a double portion in their land, and everlasting joy will be yours. So that's what the Lord says, that he also says that he restores the year's that the locusts have eaten. So God wants to heal and restore you. The first step is to acknowledge that it was a sin and it was a crime and to allow yourself to be angry, to grieve the loss of your innocence, and then to process it, to walk through it with someone that is a good listener and can help you to test your thoughts and feelings with scripture. Because God still has a plan for your life and he still loves you and he can turn all of this horrible mess into good. As soon as you have acknowledged that 
sexual abuse is a crime if you're in a situation where you are being sexually abused call the police go to a trusted adult get help and remember that you need to stay safe now if someone gives you the creeps avoid them let your parents always know where you are and who you're with and be careful of relationships that are exclusive where it's only you I don't want anyone else those can tend to be dangerous relationships parents are often given discernment they often have rules for teens and you may feel what I don't need that rule but the truth is those rules are protective and I'll give you an example we always had a rule that we would never be alone with the opposite sex in a, in a car. So my husband will never drive alone in a car with a woman. I'll never drive alone in the car with a man. There was this really nice young man, and he just really was friendly and kind, and everyone in the family loved him. And he was always asking me, I know you have that rule, but is it okay if I drive so-and-so one of my daughters to such-and-such and And I always say no that's our rule and we just don't break it well after he left our church I found out he was a pedophile so the Lord protected my children and that's the last thing I want to leave you with is don't assume because someone's nice that they're safe because pedophiles can seem like the guy next door they can seem so nice and so friendly and they just want to do nice things for you they want to help out it's not like the TV shows where they're creepy I mean they often are like the boy next door type of friendly so stay on your guard and trust your parents and groups are safer groups of being with people who love the Lord and I'll just share with you I talked to a policeman one day and He was in the sexual crimes unit, and he said to me, Meredith, you cannot imagine how fast child pornography is escalating, and with it is sexual abuse. And I said, well, is it hard to get a hold of child pornography? And he said, oh, no, it's all over the Internet. So if you're struggling with pornography, I have some sites in our show notes where you can get help things that you can do to lock down your computer get help if you're struggling with pornography get help if you know someone that's struggling with pornography I would be careful to not be ever alone with them don't feel like they're safe because pornography can change people and it's Satan's way of breaking down and hardening the heart so stay safe if you're out there stay safe And if you have been sexually abused, my prayer for you is that you will walk through this process and you will come out on the other side and you will experience and know how much God loves you and how he can turn even the hardest, hardest things into something good and beautiful. Anyway, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. See you next time.
Thank you for listening to Finish Well Radio with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Radio Network.